0: Help me Obi-Wan you're my only Greetings, and I hope your discovery of this holocron will not disappoint. I am Master Curator Alberio Catcher, and I am, rather, I was the Master Curator and Archivist for the Archives of the Jedi Temple. This is the first holocron of my series, entitled the Pre-Republican Era. I have been in exile since the attack of the Jedi Temple and the rise of Emperor Palpatine and the destruction of the Jedi Order. I served alongside Chief Librarian Jocasta Nu, and she was grooming me to take over her position once she stepped aside. However, that is neither here nor there. I cannot release my location, but the last I know of major events in the galaxy, Leia Organa was leading the New Republic's resistance against the First Order. But my mission today is of far greater importance than who or where I am. I seek to preserve the knowledge and legacy of the history of the galaxy. I fear that both the Empire of Palpatine and the New Republic will try to rewrite our history as they see fit, and I am certain if they had their way, they would consider all this heresy or legend, but it is our history, as recorded in the Jedi archives. So, I have recorded numerous holocrons and placed them around various worlds as I travel in my exile. This first one, the current one in which you are listening to, contains information on the pre-Republican era. We don't have a plethora of information for this topic, so I'll cover a far larger time span in one sitting than I will once I record the later eras of our history. But, enough with the introduction and why I am here. But now, allow me to begin with the beginning of the galaxy. Roughly 13 billion years ago, this is when our Republican scientists have estimated that the Big Bang happened, and the clouds of dust and gas floating within the ethos of space begin to form the planets. Over the next few billion years, the dust and gases continued to form celestial bodies and eventually a gravitational collapse occurred, thus rendering the galaxy into a three-layer formation that it remains in today. The thin layer of the galaxy is the middle layer, and this is where majority of the suns and planets are today. There are few suns in the two outer layers, but the number is nowhere near the amount located within the middle. The next historical milestone of our tour of the pre-republican era history is roughly 5 billion years ago. According to xenobiologists, this is the first appearance of life in the galaxy. This of course is microscopic life, but it is life nonetheless. These first microbial forms appeared on Goroth Prime, but the Gorothites didn't fully evolve with sentience until roughly 990,000 years ago. Using this information, Xenobiologists and other scientists have concluded that other planets were developing livable conditions at this time, and their microbial life wouldn't have existed yet. The conditions were just not right. But within the next two billion years, more and more planets developed more complex life forms. Three billion years ago, we have geological evidence of a massive asteroid colliding with the planet Venzoth. The Debris and fallout from this impact exterminated ninety percent of life on the planet. Of the species that survived the impact, the Chavin eventually evolved. The galaxy continued to develop complex multicelled life forms at an increasing pace and eventually evolutionary bottlenecks built up. One such instance was on the planet of Kishik nearly 2 billion years ago. The native multi-celled organisms on Kashyyyk reached an evolutionary crisis. The planet was overcrowded with lifeforms and the conditions on the planet were changing abruptly. This forced a mass extinction and sparked the evolutionary chain that eventually evolved into the Wookiees. It took another half of a billion years for the Wookiees to evolve into their relative current state and achieve some sort of sentience. It is also roughly 1.5 billion years ago that the first written records of the Wookiees playing tree drums and celebrating for their holiday known as Life Day. Half a billion years later, we have records of our first full sentient civilization, but their time on the spectrum is brief, but they are still worth mentioning. This was the ancient aquatic civilization that thrived on the planet Jerelec. They built cities and structures, but their language has not yet been deciphered. And I know there were some dissenting archaeologists on Coruscant that believed this race might have been terrestrial and died out due to massive climate change and global flooding. However, there is very little evidence to support any ideas concerning this ancient alien race except for the single fact that we knew they existed. It was also roughly around this time that the semi-intelligent ancestors of the Gorothites emerged on Goroth Prime. The next historical tidbit of information is neither history nor terribly important to the grand scheme of things, but due to the animal's influence on native religion and beliefs, it is to some degree worth mentioning. It was around 600,000 years ago that the first fossil evidence of the Ibleton appeared on Randor II. It is also known as the Randor mollusk. But it's just that, a giant mollusk native to Randor. For the next 400,000 years, the written and historical records are almost non-existent. The Jedi archives have no further information on it. However, roughly 200,000 years ago, we really start to pick up with our galaxy's written records. It was also the occurrence of something extremely major within the history of Coruscant, as well as the galaxy as a whole. And that is the war between the Zell and the Tongue back when the planet was still known as Notron. From time to time, I will deviate from traditional means and take a thematic approach when necessary to introduce a race of people, or a particular person. I will also do this when summing up a particular battle. And since this is the first time the humans, or in this case, their earlier title, the Zell, appear on our written record, I will introduce both of them and the tongue before delving into the the conflict. The Zell are believed by both archaeologists and historians to be ancient ancestors of the humans of Coruscant. Initially, their population didn't span the entire planet as they do now, but their presence on the planet was large. They were made up of the 13 nations of Zell, although the name is not official. It is mostly a name of conjecture solely because of the fact that there were only 13 separate Zell nations. However, the species as a whole were friendly with one another, but This is due to having a combined enemy. The combined military force of all 13 nations were known as the Battalions of Zell. Eventually, the Zell gained dominance of their world and pushed their rival native race off of Coruscant. Due to many historians hypothesizing the Zell as the ancestors of humans, they believe that the holiday Zell Day in the Galactic Standard Calendar is inspired by the ancient race of humans. Now, onto the tongue the rival Centine race that also evolved on Coruscant alongside of the humans. The Tongue were a humanoid, bipedal species. Their skin was a gray tone, and they bore bony ridges that grew into fleshy tendrils on their heads and resembled dreadlocks. Of course, as I'm about to describe, next to the legacy they left on the group of humans that would eventually become the Mandalorians, the Tongue were most notable for their battle against the Zell in the Zell Tongue Wars. The Tongue evolved alongside the ancestors of the humans, but developed a somewhat distinctive culture. They lived for warfare, and they thrived on it. Biologically speaking, their bodies were far more resilient than the humans, and often the tongue pushed their bodies to the absolute limits in order to achieve greatness. While the Zell established cities and built permanent structures, the tongue were nomadic and clan-based. Their social hierarchy was determined by the aptitude in battle. The truly toughest battle-hardened veterans became the chieftains of their various clans. There is no evidence of the, their clans having a unified sole leader until later, after the Zeltung War, but the most important thing to understand, especially for understanding their history when we discuss the Old Republic, is that the Tung were a war-centric culture. This leads to a religious warrior society and the culmination of all of their rules, laws, and customs that became the Tung's canon of honor. Like all primitive warrior cultures, initially, they waged war to appease their god, kadha Rengar, but this was a practice that later fell away, as the very act of war itself became divine. But let us return to the main topic at hand, the zell Tongue War. Again, the name itself is complete conjecture, as it is just the unofficial name given to describe the conflict, and the true origins of the conflict are not known. You all will have to remember that we're talking... 200 millennia ago, very few records are still going to exist, but we have a pretty good idea as to what sparked it, but again, nothing is set in stone. After all, any evidence of the conflict has been covered by kilometers of cityscape and eons of time, but I will make a brief digression. There are also some arguments that the timing is all wrong, because it is still 100,000 years before the colony and even the celestials were traversing the known galaxy. This all lends to various speculations, but I'm here to tell what happened, not argue about when it did. I will admit that the Jedi holocrons are sacred, but that doesn't mean our information is 100% correct. Now allow us to get back to the war itself. Speculation abounds as to what the cause was and who was the main aggressor in the beginning, but we do know that this war lasted for centuries. Some of the looser interpretations of the, the information even have the war lasting for over 90 centuries which seems absolutely absurd when you think about the scope of time for a war to last. This loose interpretation will come in handy just a little bit later. Allowing us to discuss the beginnings of the war, and given the nature of humans and our culture, we can make a good guess as to who the aggressor was. Here are the facts that we do know. The Zell had built numerous cities and continued to expand while the nomadic Tung waged war and practiced their religion. It's not a far stretch, given our nature as humans, to be indomitable and to expand, to believe that we were the aggressor in the conflict. Again, no actual document exists stating who made the first move, but historians throughout the galaxy believe that the Zell may have. The Zell were expanding, and either encroaching or just altogether annexing Tung territory. Eventually, the Tung grew tired of this and given their prevalence of war, they chose that route rather than diplomacy. For a majority of this war, the both factions never really made any headway one way or the other. The Zell would gain the upper hand, then the Tongue would do the same. Eventually, the Tongue, under a general with the nickname the Doom of Olmara, led an excursion and sacking of Zell's capital city, Great Zell. Doom's forces took heavy casualties, with Doom included, but the Zales held strong. The Zell gathered in formation at the base of a volcano to charge and led a counterattack against the High Place, which was a holy fortress of the Tongue, when the volcano erupted with so much force that the ash clouds blocked out the sun. Amid all of the confusion, the new leader of the Tongue, Rexitu the Unconquerable, rallied the Tongue and routed the Zell, allowing the Tongue to claim victory. The ash cloud and the sacking of their great city caused Great zeal to fall, and nearly wiped out the human forces as well as the majority of the species themselves. All this is romanticized in the epic poem Da Verda Verda, with the most notable line, The Maker Comes to Unmake. It is also from both the poem and this battle that the tongue take up their name, Da Verda Verda, which is in Galactic Basic, is Warriors of the Shadow. But the lucky thing about having a war that lasted for centuries, eventually the Zell rebuilt and regrouped. They continued to push back the forces of the Tongue, routing them at every turn. These series of victories forced the Tongue to, ev- to continually fall back and eventually flee the planet. Thusly, the Zell could finally declare a complete victory. Now, as to the speculation of the timing and dating of the war, 200 millennia before the Battle of Yavin, there were no records of interstellar spaceflight anywhere within the galaxy. It actually wouldn't be recorded until the Celestials and the Colony, around 100,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. But now, do you see why the loose interpretations of this timeline make sense? If the war truly did last 90, maybe even 100 centuries, the Colony would be the Tongue's way of escaping Coruscant. The colony did record observing humans on Coruscant, and then left the quote-unquote primitives unimpressed. It is entirely possible that the colony had either stowaways or were unimpressed with the humans due to their sympathy for the tongue. Either way, the tongue fled from Coruscant and relocated on the planet of Vroom, following their defeat. Finally, rid of their rivals and alone on Coruscant, the Zell were free to thrive and build as they saw fit, but I am forced to cut the lesson short. I will finish the holocron at a later date, and I'm sure eventually you will find it. So until we are able to meet again, this is Master Curator, now Beryo Corketcher, signing off.